Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for our third weekly roundup brought to you by Join Cycling. We've had a lot of uh, dot one racing this week. It heats up again next week, so we'll have the recaps and previews of those races as well as the UAE Tour where SD Works were back in full force. Also, a lot of doping news this week, about four or five separate uh, articles or pieces of news it all came at once for some reason this week as well as Nzue and Lefebvre asking whether we should shorten <laughs> Grand Tours my particular my favorite topic of this week a topic <laughs> dear to my heart but you're in where are you Benji you're in Turkey yeah I'm in uh, Antalya for the tour of Antalya got invited by the organizers and I'm making some content here but I'm also just kind of enjoying the race itself it was fun being close to a race again but it did remind me that thing where the closer you are to a race, the less you're aware of what's happening outside it and inside it. Even in the race itself, because you're so busy surrounding a race, it's hard to figure out, oh, this guy lost one minute today, blah, 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 blah. And then I need to catch up with 17 fucking races this week. Then I need to figure out where to watch it. Then I go to Discovery Plus where I'm supposed to watch it. Then it's telling me that I can't watch that in Turkey. So then I don't know where to watch it. Then I Google... Uh, where can I watch this race? Then I end up on YouTube trying to figure out where I can watch the last kilometer of, I don't fucking know what race. So that's my love the last few days. I didn't know that on Eurosport player, they have ads on a paid <laughs> player. Yes. I pay, I pay the thing and then there's advertising <laughs> in it. And it they depends can't even on the fill country. the ad slots. It apparently dep- it depends on the country and the price also depends on the country. So it's yeah, such it's cheap, major but... differences. It, but it's also, cheap, but it hurts. they can't even fill the ad slots, so they're just running like Eurosport content slots yeah. in the slots during the race. I'm like, just show the race in that case. If no one's paying you, just show the race because I'm paying a subscription for it. This makes no <laughs> sense. You don't need to show me sailing that's coming on. Exactly. I'm already paying the subscription. Like um, back in the day on Eurosport, when, I, when we were still watching Eurosport for, for cycling, then we had those like, Top 10 things of sports, like top 10 funniest moments in this sport, top 10 whatever, that would like play as advertisements in between. Just like you're saying, like that was fucking torture, man. In America, uh, I think there's a solution now with the BR Sports add-on to Max. Yeah. It gives you a lot of cycling coverage. I'm led to believe Australia, apparently Discovery Plus might get rolled out there, which Ooh. would be your solution so we do have some, it's now the middle of February, we are like two weeks away from Omlobe, we might have some solutions. Luke yeah. is telling me that I've selected the wrong stream, there is a general Eurosport TV stream and then separate ad-free streams. Well, that's not clear to me, because I just click on watch and then click on Tour of Mercia. That's not <laughs> a user error, that's a user experience error. That's, yeah. that's the application. 
Like, what? Why would they show the TV stream on the player stream if there's? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm um, anyway. I'm learning. At least I can watch it. I guess uh, legally, most races uh, in Andorra. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of those races, uh, this week the biggest race of was UAE Tour Women, which was three sprint stages, and then the Queen stage was up Jebel Hafeet. We had SD Works here with Kapeki and Vibers as an overpowered lead-out with Guarishi, now like second last woman in the lead-out. And then GC contenders were Riolini, Elisa Longo-Borghini, who went 1-2 last year. No Charlotte Cool, so the sprints we thought would be a bit dull. That was the case. The first two sprints... Uh, Vibas won easily. <laughs> FDJ did try and get in the breakaway on one of the days and did get in the break, the first two stages. Uh, yeah. No one else really tried. Queen stage, though. What's Trek doing here, Benji? With, like, they need to make... So Jabeha Feet has a difficult section about yeah. two-thirds of the way up or in the middle. And basically, if you've got a pure climber wanting to drop Kopecky, who's in the virtual lead, you should want to make the race hard up to that point because it levels off then. Uh, yep. Where, say, Kopecky could come back to people. And yeah, they really only went at 8Ks to go with ELB still in the group. Is there something there where they're still trying to bet on the two horses that they value the legacy of Longo Rogini that high that they want to keep her? Galini's attack fails, but it's obviously going to fail if you do it at eight kilometers to go with a larger group. So, yeah. I guess the thing, it worked last year. She kind of did that last wow. year and it worked, but the level is different here and the level is going up. They did her feet quicker this year by a minute and 20 seconds. Really yeah. beat her own time of last year and got put on a minute by Kapeki and Neve Bradbury in the end. So the overall le but, level, like Brunel, is all going up. Were there different environmental factors like how was the weather compared to oh, last they did year? more watts they did more watts okay uh, like bradbury did a really good performance brunel did a really good performance i would say it helped that mavi garcia in the middle of the climb just paced for like <laughs> 15 minutes with everybody in her wheel she did the same watts as kopecky just about but got put on 30 seconds because Basically, she got to the crest, led Kapeki there, and Kapeki said, thanks very much, got to a flat bit, and then dropped both of them and went across to Bradbury. So really good performance from Bradbury. Just Kapeki yeah. was way, way too strong. I, I sort of forgot how good she was on Tourmalet because I was so focused on Volering last year in the Tour, but she still came sixth on that stage, and then a uni Puerto yeah. like this should suit her more. And yeah, she wins, and uh, SC works but, dominating from the start. But I feel like Tourmalet is a thing that happens at the peak moment in the season when you expect her to be at her best. For some reason, Kopecky doing this in a technically lead-up race, which the UAE Tour technically is, that feels even bigger to me, winning on her feet. Because that's an extra confirmation on top of what we already saw, to the point that I'm starting to consider other possibilities. I don't remember fully, but I already vaguely remember her hinting at the fact that she said, oh, it might be fun to compete with the Riders on D-Works in the future again at some point. So contractually, I'm looking forward to what are they going to do? Or is she going to split up from them as D-Works at some point? And will that lead to more GC opportunities outside of that? Because GC Kopecky is much more real than GC Wout has ever been. Uh, yeah, that's true. She's probably like a top three GC contender in the world. So she is. Crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, and she's out of contract. I was checking, is Vibas? She's out of... No, she's not out of contract, sorry. 
Volering uh, so, is out of contract, as well as Fisher Black, Blanca Vash, <laughs> Unica, Marcus. I mean, usually in women's cycling, there aren't too many long-term deals. Uh, so it's not many riders are under long-term contract. Who yeah. do you think they keep? SD Works. It's, I know they got a. I got. An, I know they got a healthy budget, but to keep to have Viva Sauer on the books and to pay Volering and Kopecky. I'm not sure they're going to be able to keep both. And I'm not sure, based on what you just said, Kopecky said, she'll want yeah. to stay. Yeah, there's like, a, there's an interesting factor there. As in, we heard some, some vague rumor. Oh, I don't know who said it. Um, someone said that there was a vague rumor that UAE had uh, a potential offer of like 1 million for Volring at some point, which I'm not sure if that's fully confirmed. That was just a, a rumor in an article somewhere. And uh, I hope that Luke can figure it out while I'm talking. Marijn de Vries. Marijn de Vries, Thank you very much, yeah. Marijn. Um, that was a thing. I think that when it comes to I mean, value, she's probably worth that. Was that from me? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> did I put that, that like a year ago? And then you report you that as did. the rumor? <laughs> <laughs> Pro probably not. I think she said it came probably somewhere from sourced, someone. Yeah. A director source than the man that's sitting uh, in front of me right now on the on the laptop screen, but I think she's worth that. How valuable is Scott Becky compared to Volring? And I'm thinking like, I think Volring's still more expensive. Yeah, but I think Kopecky is nearing the 700k in value. Oh, I'd pay Volring probably two million. If Volring's a million, if Volring's a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy percent of her value seems to make sense. So yeah. Uh, I I would yeah pay Volering is so much better that she can just win the Tour de France, especially as they're making the mountain stages harder now. Like yeah. uh, mountain stages this year are even harder. She's gonna be unstoppable. Like she will unless, just unless, unless they do something silly. Yeah, unless they do something like that. But I mean, if I was in charge of a team, probably I wouldn't have a wait for mechanicals of domestiques. Um, <laughs> so I'm not too concerned about that happening again. <laughs> especially if, I, if you got two million in her uh, yeah. she needs to win the race I'd be like listen Chantal can fucking fix it herself <laughs> she'll make her own way back Demi you stay at the front <laughs> so yeah they're, they're so good and I think what like pray to god that they split up the team like this year might be a bit last year was a bit tough I must say this year Kopecky <laughs> on her feet already, not looking too yeah. great, and Vibers dominating the sprints. Charlotte Cool wasn't here, and I must say she didn't win them by ten bike lengths. Consoni, if she was in the uh, second wheel in Coponi's position, I think might have come come close on stage two. But the the classics and the Ardennes in particular are looking like SD Works should run away like, with them, and then Volering is it's if she wants to win all three of the the big stage races. And in addition to that, Wibis' pull on Jabella Feed was pretty extraordinary. And on top of that, I think Kopecky and Volring might actually be sprinting for the victory at LBL instead of Strade this year. Because Kopecky hinted at her doing it or said that she'd be doing LBL. And if that's the case, yeah. then, then she can't fucking win that race. Sorry for yeah. the swearing today. I don't know what's up with me. <laughs> in Turkey, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, stage four, <laughs> we should mention... Uh, Big shout out to FD Suez and the other team, Phoenix de Koenig. Phoenix de Koenig, whoever's the director at Phoenix de Koenig and FD J Suez, particularly you saw in the Tour de France firm last year where they nearly won a stage and then won the next day. 
FD, uh, Phoenix to Koenig. FDJ Sue has gotten the break twice in the sprint stages, uh, two of the three sprint stages this year in the UAE Tour, instead of just waiting for some sprint with Vibas, and they won. They won stage four with Amber Crack. They called the Peloton's bluff. They called SD Works, who were down a rider's bluff. I can't believe more teams don't do it. Like, if you put... The Tour de France fam showed last year where so many breakaways all of a sudden won. Bauenfein, Norsgaard, uh, yep. De Vilder, Van de, Van de Velde. Um, that if you put a modicum of pressure on, on SD Works, that they will not be able to chase yep. or look to other teams to chase. So, Sarah Tizit, other teams. Modestar did try on her feet, I think, uh, before. But yeah, it, it can work. It's not impossible. Gladys for Hulst. Uh, I think tried one day and yeah, Crack succeeded today. So yeah. big shout out to them. Yeah, for certain. I think uh, Cornelis and Wouters are the two DSs in the in the team of Phoenix this race, and Bade for FDJ. So shout out to those three people at the moment. They deserve yeah. the the little shout out here. Don't know who who of them uh, invented oh, I, it, but I couldn't have stomach uh, a sweep. You know, so I'm glad. It was glad that yeah. someone else uh, won the stage. But in terms of GC, uh, Kopecky wins uh, 13 seconds ahead of Bradbury, who maybe with a balance find setting a harder pace early. I don't know. Could she put Kopecky under more pressure? Uh, Garcia finishes GC in third on 44 seconds. So I think she'll take that as well. Uh, she yeah. is not on a new team. There was the merger, right, of Liv and uh, Alula's yes. women's team. So she's sort of in a new structure, I would say. Uh, 40 years old, getting the job done third in a World Tour stage race. Congrats to her as well. Uh, any other women's cycling news? I'll take away from this, Benji. Anyone uh, poke their head out to you as, as one to watch in the future? I'm just disappointed Cole wasn't here, first Me of too, all. Me too, yeah. That's like the, sick, right? the thing that I, I was kind of disappointed by. Yeah, she was sick, but I, I really wanted to see that. And I know, obviously, Kopecky is the big name there on on the on Jabal Hafid. But if we take a look at the full results of that top 20, I, I guess I expected more on a stage like this from a, a Shiazny again. Like we've said this a oh, few she times. Crashed eh? the base. Those, oh okay, okay. I didn't see that one. So I don't know like at this point I feel like little Trek should 100 percent pull the card of Real anymore on these stages. That just well, she should be the leader. Yeah, yeah, in the Boston day, she's the leader. We've yeah. got to drop Kopecky. She's got to go on the steepest part of the climb because she's but super light. I think fifth rider, vaguely remember Marion Bunel or something, French yeah. rider, 19 years old. That's a hell of a performance for, from uh, Sam Michel rider. So no offense to Sam Michel, it's a solid Conti team. But if this, she goes to a, a world tour team, she most likely will make a proper step up again, is my expectation. So that's a rider that I'm intrigued by, and I hope to see a, a bit more of her later in the season. Got 13 on the Wollonga Hill stage as well, so it's not coming out and of nowhere either. But second on the Wollonga Hill challenge behind Gigante on that the, yes. like event they did. So that's You're not right. the results anywhere. So uh, she's obviously very, very slight, uh, like Riolini, not quite as small as Riolini, but very, very slight. So I'd say the hustle and bustle uh, is is a problem for her and, and the flat, but if you put her on a steep climb, she seems to go. Uh, so she's, yeah, in her last year of her contract with Saint-Michel Mavic or Bert that just rolls off the tongue, that team name. Um, I'd be interested to see if <laughs> FDJ or Cofidis, surely they'll be knocking next year. Although Saint-Michel actually, in the French races, 
there's usually a group yep. one when it splits up, and there's usually a rider in there. I'm, I'm yeah. always by them, to be honest. They pull no. them. As you know, Benji and I are doing the Flandrian Challenge, or at least attempting it in March in about a month or a month to the day. And I am using the Joint Cycling Training app to get me in shape to actually complete the 300 or so Ks over cobbles in rainy conditions. Their 410! Is it 410 Ks? I can't count. <laughs> I can tell I, was, I wouldn't have been a good finance broker. <laughs> I just said it was 300. I just, uh, it's 100, only 110 Ks short. Uh, I'm sure those 110 Ks will hurt, but I put in the right number of Ks in my joint cycling app program. When I actually, because I'm doing, I decided I'm doing the classics program. I yeah. teetered towards the one day program or the classics program. We're doing the cobbles, the classics program. So I put in the Ks I'm doing the meters of elevation gain, the days to my event, and the it adapts and creates the training plan catered to that event with the days leading up to it to get me in the best possible shape for that event. I've put in max availability, but not I haven't put in pro because that'd be too much. You do that's what I like about join is that like I can kind of self coach within the the training program because if I put in max availability and like max level like pro level. Now, I can't do 20-hour weeks off the base of what I've been doing. So I'm intermediate with good availability. And this week I did some nice... Well, actually, they weren't nice at all. I did some VO2 intervals at altitude. And uh, they were effective, but uh, they were hard. And I enjoyed them. But this in the, in, in the winter and in the snow coming this week, I'm going to have to crank out three hours down on the save. Anyway, if that's not... My plug isn't enough in my experience because I really enjoyed it and I haven't stuck to a plan, a cycling plan like this really ever. So uh, it certainly worked for me. I think it could work for you as well. Listeners to Lantern Rouge will benefit from a 30-day free, free trial period. You don't even need to use your credit card. And before the 30 days is up, Join will email you to let you know it's about to expire and offer you a six-month subscription at a discount. And I must say, compared to competitors in the market, compared to... A, a real life coach, the pricing of join is very, very competitive, uh, in my opinion. But you can do the comparisons yourself. But I think, and then another discount on top of that is very, very competitive. So go and check it out. If you're cycling or want to get a bit fitter or want to try out a structured or even flexible and adaptive training uh, program, uh, because I've yeah, really enjoyed using it and I'm glad to have them sponsor these weekly shows. Now let's go through these men's results for a second, eh? Tour de la Provence, French race, four stages. Mats Pedersen basically dominated the first three. And then, so kind of unexpected, Tom van Asbroek won the fourth one yeah. ahead of Sam Bennett. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming, but Bizarre. van Asbroek's always like a, a good teammate in, in the team of Israel, for example, at the moment, but also in the career that he had at every team he was in. So it's nice to see the, uh, one of the good guys take a victory here. Not that Mats Pedersen is not a good guy. He's also he was doing a, a lead guy, out. So. Yeah. Leading what, out Hofstede. He was doing a lead out and the finish line came too early. And he won. <laughs> what is that is that because they thought the finish line was later and that's why all the sprinters finished behind him, or is it because I don't even know. Maybe they, maybe they're going for UCI points. That really wouldn't make too much sense, I don't think. But No, I uh, think I think you're right there. But it was a good finish. Yeah, it was. It was good. It, just like with UA Tour, it was good to see someone else win. Pedersen was just too good for everybody here. Like these yeah. uphill drags and shit weather, like Without the big guns here, he's just going to clean everybody. Yeah. Obviously, young, talented French rider Zangler. I was hoping 
I did ex- think, okay, like to take that next step when on the Manosk stage where Pedersen pulled, 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 pulled. I was like, you got you got to come out of his wheel and beat him here. Uh, but he didn't. But yep. he finished the second on GC and uh, Raul Garcia Piana third. Is the Monosk stage a bit of an example of what Milan should have done on the last stage of Valenciana, where he should have yeah. started attacking or sprinting early or going early and spending some of his energy knowing that he can dominate the sprint anyway? Because Peterson does that in Bamer's Classic last year, now again in this stage, and hell of an impressive victory, one of the most impressive ones of the season, and love seeing that. But expectations for Peterson, I won't say that Poval's changed that for me. I've still got the same expectations for Peterson. I yeah, expect I like- him to be a competitor in MSR. I expect him to be a competitor in Paris-Roubaix. RVV is slightly difficult. You can only beat who's in front of you, but if you're being uncharitable, yeah. you would say, you know, he's beating up in the French Farmers Protest Classics the last week and a half. Um, they literally had a protest in stage one of the set. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Farmers <Sorry>. Protest Classic. <laughs> so, listen, I support... And they're in Catalonia too. Uh, go, you support uh, go, the farmers? Go for, yeah, go for gold. So Catalonian, okay. the Catalan farmers, they tell you the time, the day. Like, Aww. what more can you want? Um, let's not do that. Oh, there's not no, much cycling you're... in Catalonia, yeah. At the mix, it's yeah, down until Volta, Catalonia's all in the south. But uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, I mean, did, to your point, does this mean, <laughs> uh, does this mean I think Pedersen's going to drop Vanderpool on the Poggio? No. Uh, he, yeah. In fact, is he too good too early? I don't know. Uh, I think it doesn't. I think he's always kind of good in these races. So it's just what, good to see him win. What do you think about his anti altitude uh, mindset? As in, he said, I won't do an altitude camp. Fuck that shit. If my coach says it, I say no. Um, he was pretty strict about it. Like for, for, for classics, not everyone does it. For GC, it's seemingly so important that everybody does it. Is it for classics that important that every rider should do it? It depends. Like if you do it and you're mentally completely cooked, then no, you shouldn't do it. Uh, yeah. And he already could have, you know, he's still. If you look at his classics results, uh, an elite classics rider, he's won the world championships. Yeah, for sure. He's podium Tour of Flanders. Uh, he would have but... won Rodin if Rowe didn't take him out. No offense to Rowe, but <laughs> don't get be careful with that. He could come to on his Instagram story. Remember afterwards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, physically, of course. If Pedersen did an altitude camp, was doing the hardcore nutrition stuff, uh, physically he might have that two to four min watts per kilo that he might is missing, that he is yep. missing in the classics. Got dropped on Camelberg and and, and Co. in in Schenvelhem, but he also wins a lot of races and he also has an incredible rain buff. So maybe he just needs a really wet and cold Tour of Flanders. And then all the guys who've been on a calorie deficit before altitude waste away. I don't know. Uh, so I would say I wouldn't change too much with that as Pedersen. He's kind of doing yeah. his own thing. I would be... How do you th- what do you think about the clerk? Seeing the clerk in different colors was strange, right? <laughs> Very different. Yeah. It's so weird. They did need someone him... like that, though. That's true. But them calling him Trector with an EK... No, nah, we, my... we can't have that. My Flemish soul is not accepting it. I'm not okay yeah. with that. It's What's tractor, tractor in Flemish? Tractor. tractor. With a K or just the same as English? Ace. Oh, fuck. I don't even know. You're I don't know my... Dutch. Uh, I think it's anymore. with AK? No, fuck. It's AC. No, that's English. I don't know. 
anyway, Mads Pedersen looking good. Alex Kirsch still uh, his best support rider. And uh, they need he needs Tom Schoens in there for these sort of races. I think they they were missing Schoens, but he's doing other things. Uh, <laughs> they were missing the... it, but he still won three stages. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the Manosk was interesting and exciting, but yeah, yeah. Five <laughs> k four percent climb. I was like, "Where's Trek gone?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they evaporated. Um, and they have an RK Samzik looking like Roglic and Vingegaard on on uh, Galibia. Gathia Piana <laughs> and Costio hitting him with the one-two. Great tactics from them. I really like the way they rode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over to Middle East for the men. Tour of Oman. Uh, there was a Muscat Classic first. Sorry, Muscat Classic. It was only on YouTube live stream. Real ones. You all would have been up at nine a.m. on the Oman Sport TV live stream. Uh, oh, geez, no that one. And uh, mate, Finn Fisher Black was just too good here. I swear, I don't know which race it was. Was it last year or two years ago that we would start watching a UAE TV before the actual Eurosport coverage started in actual Arabic? What race was that? Too many. I think it was. I think it was Oman. <laughs> they start. They have wall to wall coverage. Yeah, it, and it's it just is. literally a breakaway. Three guys run forty kph. The peloton doing hundred watts behind them. Wall to wall coverage. I mean, credit to the guys commentating it. Uh, they're yeah. actually like, I don't know. It's good to have so- something different. But uh, yeah, Finn Fisher Black, he took his form from Saudi, where he was the strongest on Skyviews, and he's yeah. uh, he dropped everyone after Yates let him out in that race. And then stage one, Caleb Ewan looked pretty sharp, got a decent lead out. Paul Magnier looked fast. They used Lamperti as his lead out again, like they did in Mallorca. And yeah, Ewan just, I think Ewan looks kind of back to normal, Benji. Well, I never thought he was, like, washed. I thought his results were washed. As in... His yeah, he never looked slow, shit. right? He was always in the fight towards the sprint, but him winning a fucking Tour of Oman sprint, no offense to the Tour of Oman, but that's not a high-level sprint that I expect him to suddenly be fighting for positions assertively in the Tour de France, you know? So I don't think that will necessarily make the difference, you know? So... I, I'm not sold that he's going to win like 17 wins now, but I'm happy that he's winning again for his mental capacity. You know, that, that will help him mentally. He's going to be with a better mindset in the next few races. One last thing about this race, though. Lamperti on Kurayat was better than I expected. Like, yeah, what the hell? So if you don't know, <laughs> stage two was a 3K 7% climb. I think Herada won last year. It's probably Ulysses, Ulysse, Herada, Puncher, Climb. Yep. And I was expecting Fisher Black to win. He did win. Uh, there was no coverage because the weather... It's the first time I've ever seen a rainy stage in the Middle East. Uh, and basically, Lamperti was second. So is he the next Peter Sagan? I suggest American fans just run with that. Just say that in Richmond, when Sagan won, the idea of Lamperti Sagan 2.0 was born, and here he is. So Lamperti... Is, uh, is the next coming. But yeah, that was a very, very impressive uh, win indeed. And we've got the Queen stage of that coming up in a couple of days. So Oman, unlike the European races, doesn't finish on a Sunday. We're, we're recording Sunday evening now. It finishes uh, later in the week. Uh, oh, back Sad. to Europe. <laughs> Taylor Swift, Air Miles. Gonna fly. We've actually, 
unnecessarily log too many emissions here going back and forth from Europe, Benji. Uh, <laughs> so we're going back Big now to, to the Iberian Peninsula. Uh, Mercy was yesterday. Hilly race looked exciting. Coverage started too late. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'll, you want I'll to fly all the way to Colombia? No, I'll change our lineup and I'm going to put Colombia in between Murcia and Figuera. There we go. So, uh, yeah, we're not even going to stay on the Iberian Peninsula. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. You had the environment. Uh, basically, it was a small group after a long, longish climb and Wellens and O'Connor attacked. Coos missed it. And then O'Connor straight up dropped Wellens on like a not that steep yep. climb, like maybe a 15 minute climb. And, uh, he just full cracked him. He wasn't really attacking. So impressive performance from O'Connor. He's a good all-round racer for a GC rider. Like he he went with Asgren and Morich on that short climb in the tour break stage. Like he can yep. he can do a little bit more than your average skinny climber. And he goes clear. The good descent. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes ben I think hearing he does, that from you is like. <gasps> sometimes I think he does too much work. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he. he <laughs> <laughs> like with <laughs> but um <laughs> he does sometimes he, so, he, ben <laughs> but he was too good he was too good he dropped he dropped wellens and uh mate Chatnik then dropped everybody in the group behind and came second to court wellens Jan's on point but also he was on point going into the classics last year yeah. and I just hope that he has a a role a bit higher up in the Umbo lineup, even though it's very difficult because they've got amazing riders all, all around. But I just like Jan Trotnik, so I wanted to see him roam the streets of Flanders in the front. But um, oh, he's in yeah, all the classics this year, don't worry. Good signs for Trotnik and Wellens. I'm looking forward to uh, them in opening weekend, etc. Through Colombia, back to <laughs> not we, we haven't gone there yet, South America. Cavendish won a stage, Gaviria won a stage. Well, first of all, the lead out of Astana looked absolute dog shit. And then suddenly it actually looked very good. But then again, it's not again. It's it's against the Estonian national team. So I'm not sure it Mikkels really here. counts. Uh, I don't know, but Lars is there a sprinter, I think. Okay. Why is yeah. the Estonian national team in Colombia again? I think hmm. Carlos told me some reason. There's some political, not a political reason, but there's some like someone knows someone. Ah, um, uh, friendship politics. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> I saw the line of, it's like the... um. What the hell are polar bear doing in Arlington, Texas? <laughs> Why the hell is there a Baltic national team in, <laughs> competing against uh, Pe Petrobike and <laughs> whatever Team Sevilla is on? Uh, and the Colombian national team. But yeah, they're, 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 they're out there. Uh, Gaviria won a stage, but yeah, Cav. Interestingly, they put Merku second last in the Rickart role. I think that's an admission that he just doesn't have the peak 15 to 20 second power anymore. He doesn't, I don't think, to compete with a Van Poppel or a MVDP or a Laporte. So they put him in the Rickart placement role. And then Bol was last man who probably does have that power, just uh, struggles with positioning. And yeah, they got it right. Cav wins. But as you said, like, uh, I mean, listen, we never saw Astana do a train in any race that good. To set up Cav last year, so it's an improvement. Whatever the competition <laughs> here is, it is. Yeah, they need Thomas in a Grand Tour, though. Uh, Lushenko can do it. Lots, lots is lots to be good in that role. Uh, GC stage Carapaz and EF were absolutely hyper aggressive on the Alto Divino climb. Attack, 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 attack. Uh, but Contreras actually, despite Carapaz winning the stage, Contreras who took time in GC in a breakaway, who was on Astana and. Quick step years ago and now is back in uh, South America. He yeah. uh, 
he kept his GC lead. And uh, I told you to watch out for Caicedo. I told you. you. On Petrobike, he was cooking. So he came second. But I think the last stage of today is the sprint stage. Uh, Contreras should hold on to the GC lead. The, the big news from this, Menji's Quintana. Uh, he got full shelled on the Queen stage. How is that a shocking? He I mean, wasn't good before he retired outside of Arkea, like in like... What do you mean? Bar. This is his Tour de France. February Mickey Mouse races. But it's he not in always France. cooking. But it's not in France. <laughs> True, if he's not in the Provence region, he, he, he can't, but... Uh, I was yeah. He got full shelled. Unzue, I think, was in Colombia because obviously Telefonica uh, and, and Movistar, yeah. you know, they're in Colombia as well. Quintana's just been re-signed. It's a big race for them with Sosa and Quintana at the race. Went great. <laughs> Did not go well. Also, the same time as he touches down, Quintana's doctor. Go, is, is reported to go on trial in connection to the 2020 Tour de France raid. So oh, Freddie uh, Alexander Gonzalez-Torres is accused of giving a banned substance to the Colombian climber. He was the doctor for Quintana, according to Cycle News and Laura Veslo uh, and the AFP. And he's joined to go on trial in September in Marseille. So that Marseille prosecutor who I... You know, maybe maybe got it wrong a couple of the years, but maybe got it right yep. one of the years. He does wake up usually. He wakes up. He got says his alarm for June thirty, uh, but he might have. He's got something here, or he's someone's on trial here. Uh, but mate, yeah. The central office for the fight against threats to environmental and public health. The Just abbreviation the is O C L A E S P. Why do you Oakley's yeah, but in French, it might make more sense. Le l'office central pour la bataille uh, against no des traites. Fucking no anymore. Des environnements, environnement et uh, santé publique. I don't know something like that. Yeah, that was longer. And so yeah, this is the one of the biggest parts of the doping news this week. And and what's really curious to me is that these doctors are going on trial in, in both yeah. in France here and then in uh, the Dr. Minor in Operation Illex, which we'll talk about in a second, we might go straight to it, the mm-hmm. doctor of Lopez and reportedly uh, Caja Rural due to the leaked documents. Uh, we'll link the, the marker article and the AFP articles in the, in the show notes if you want to read further. They're pretty... They're, the marker one in particular is like a very long... Uh, long form piece I'd recommend reading the the doctors are on trial but they're not going after the riders and I don't know if that's a because in Germany doping is a, is a and Austria is a criminal offence if you are the rider doing it I'm not sure if that's the case in, in Spain and France but that, that's kind of the strange thing right Benji is that a doctor can get maybe if mine are or uh, what's uh, Gonzalez Torres get done but then yeah. the riders don't get done, not just legally or criminally, yeah. but then the UCI. And then the weird thing is that Lopez is still, I think, provisionally suspended. He's not yeah, full suspended. I agree, but I also feel like we don't hear anything from the UCI on most of these things. It's like on many of these 
segments, complete silence, which maybe there is an investigation going on that we don't know about, but I like to get a blur. Uh, you're at least looking at it because right now I feel like it's just happening outside of the UCI and the UCI just sitting there like looking at other people that might have been caught in the last week that we'll get to after this because this is a whole doping episode apparently but it's it's on in both occasions I fully agree with you and like the Operation Ilex that you just mentioned quick summary for that Guardia Civil formed a doping network roughly under under Dr. Minar like you mentioned but it had multiple phases, right? You had the Miguel Angel Lopez phase, the Cajarural phase, and was the Efapel thing not related to minor in some shape or form as well? Oh, I don't know. Because if I look in that same article that we have linked on our notes, just mentioning that for a second, and you control F and you tick in Efapel. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Then they talk about Efapel too. And like these three segments, it's a fucking wide network, man. And it, it expresses as well in the article that there was exporting of whatever is included in this article when it comes to consumable stuff to, to three regions all over Europe for these specific stakeholders in this. And it's just an article that you have to read. I, I literally can't explain it. It's so much. There's so yeah. much in this article. Because <laughs> they have the leaked I'm scared documents. of missaying it. Well, they have... They have oh. Oh, it's like Dr. Minar was basically... Dodgy. Yeah. Um, and then there's the... Apparently, menotropin is, is what Superman yeah. Lopez allegedly took during the Giro, and that gave him a reaction in his leg. And that's why Mate, he abandoned, according to the Marker article. Is it a story that we've heard, like, rumored more oh, than the... a year ago? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. many times. I feel like it's finally written down somewhere. Because when I googled it, I never could find it in the past. Now it's like written down the, yeah. the alleged thing that he, he put allegedly monotropin in his body and then he got ill or something from it and then he had to abandon the Giro. Sorry, but that's... Karma's a bitch, man. Like, that's kind of funny, that story. <laughs> Bro, why is he taking in Hungary for three <laughs> flat stages? Is he stupid? Prepping for Etna, my man. Come on. Etna, they always do low, low watts per kilo. So yeah. and again, that's dumb. <laughs> so both shouldn't be doping and you've picked what? the wrong stages menotropin what is that, is that I must like confess a, I don't know what menotropin does it's is that a, a menstruation drug or something yeah. menotropin yeah it's like a it's a hormone so very old school strange stuff um, but yeah well again like are the UCI provisionally suspending Lopez on the basis that the, they're waiting for the Guardia Seville operation Ilex to play out and hope that sort of the Gary Seville do the legwork, yeah. conclude that he was doing this with this rider, this with this rider, this with that rider, bang, criminal case done, and they can just suspend people? Because what this article from Marker is saying that really the, the Gary Seville aren't that fussed about going after the riders. Yeah. They just want to go after the doctor. They're struggling to really find a, a concrete link that he delivered this substance to this exactly. person who gave it to this rider because it's going from hand to hand to hand to hand. And then that rider took it in this competition and, and that's it probably in the too hard basket and they're just going yeah, after this doctor. The leaked documents that are in that, to me, it looks like, for me, that's, that looks like evidence. I mean, some of the stuff, if that leaked stuff is true and there's team representatives procuring it, 
yeah. from this doctor and the doctor gets done, then I'm sorry. The UCI has to do something. Like, like for example, looking at the whole Kaha thing that we passed by, the fact that the only person in this entire thing that's going to be having something come to him outside of Minar is also the Oiskaltel manager, apparently, that allegedly would have leaked it, leading to, to this situation. So I'm like, man, that's the guy that, well, he, he obviously did it in selfish interests, like most likely, if he did it. Got to put an if in there just in case. But allegedly he's done it. Jesus Esquerda, I think his name is. About that, like, how the only guy of that whole situation that is like, that's the crazy thing. Seeing consequence, that makes no sense in my head. So, yeah, Mark is saying, Kaha will be left without sanction. That's from the police. I don't know that that's from the UCI. And could even receive compensation depending on how the yeah, resolution but- of its complaint for the re- revelation of secret documents ends. Uh, because after the interested leak that showed conversations between several of its cyclists with Minar, with the, the leak was with the intention of damaging its image. The legislation in Spain says that in these cases, the final recipient has no legal repercussions and is a victim, i.e. Caja, Jesus Escordia, former manager of Uscatel, he left uh, straight after this happened, would face a four-year sanction if it's confirmed that he's the one who leaked. So, Calling Caja yeah. a victim is a fucking joke, man. I guess the principle is this was Victim an ongoing this was an ongoing case. Yeah. It was not concluded. The you know, the Guardi Seville hadn't taken it to be prosecuted yet. And so he's jumped the gun and you can't do that. Uh and he did it. Why did he do it during the Vuelta? Let's be honest about it. He did it for selfish reasons. So uh like, could he have sent it? The UCI has a whistleblower page where you can upload things. So did he, he could have yeah. sent it there. But he could no, he's, it got circulated amongst all the teams and the organizers just about during the Vuelta. Um, so, and the press. And the press. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's very, very strange what's going on. Uh, in terms of Quintana, I also think it's like, remember when I was saying, okay, he took Tramadol, he, he, but then he got blacklisted for a year. And me, I was sitting here going, why? Like, he's good enough to be on a team. He's training. Why is he blacklisted? And then Bodan gets, you know, no suspension. Lost the go. It makes you think like the Peloton or the teams, like yeah. they know something more. Or they don't know, but they, they're a bit more clued in, unsurprisingly. <laughs> they're a bit more clued in than the public. Yeah. About things that might be lurking or or happening. Um, maybe maybe they weren't because maybe this was a huge shock to to Movistar and Nzue this being announced this week because certainly not news they would have wanted to hear. Uh, should we round off the doping news, Benji? Because there's so much of it yeah. this week. Talking about doping again, Tolk has uh, apparently tested positive on his A sample for anabolic steroids. So, um, androgenic steroids, anabolic androgenic steroids. So yeah, basically, just, same steroids, thing. Yeah. <laughs> just steroids, which that's, that's during his time where he was at Trek, not during his time at Sabgal. Cause if it happens at Sabgal, no offense to the Portuguese circuit, but we're kind of used to that. We're kind of used to the Portuguese circuit having, no, they, they, never do- <laughs> they never pop. They never pop. 
That's the crazy thing. They never popped, and then the police raided their houses, and they had a treasure trove in there. Last year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was like, what the That's the thing. They don't get caught red-handed. They get caught red-handed at home. Yeah, yeah. But first of all, is the Portuguese circuit the cleanest it's ever been? Knowing that a Vorelberg rider won the Tour of Port- Vuelta Portugal last year, that's a, that's an I mean, aspect. No, I, I think no. Genuinely, like all jokes aside, I think there have been some steps to to clean things up because it I was think so too. It was a, it was the Wild West, like in the last five years. Uh, but the reality is here, Benji. The, the serious thing about this is this goes against Trek, yep. which is that this is what is so like. We can talk about Vorders being mad at Igita not using a Cannondale in an event at a Grand yeah. Fondo in November. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. That this here, if he gets fully sussied, this goes as a strike against Little Trek. I'm pretty sure because he was still yep. under contract with them and the season hadn't ended. But Correct. By the middle of November, when when did he test positive? Twenty seven November. He's done. He's with the new team. He's he's given the Trek bike back. He's given the kit back. That's it. October 30th, probably see you later. But this goes against um, the Trek team if, if it goes through. So that's is a that real another... reason to move the date for the seasons from to October 30. Is that another argument towards the whole thing of like the season should be divided differently as in should and then October? Because yeah. if you pop in the end of the season in November, December, then you're literally striking against your own team, even though it might not have been with the old team. We don't know that. That's that's something we don't know. That situation is behind the scenes and that we can't know. But he he was one of the stories this week. We had Bonamour being sussied. That's that's how you wrote it in the title. Being sussied for biopassport violation. Basically uh, an abnormality in his biopassport. If you don't know what a biological passport is, basically kind of like... Uh, they know what your normal values are, and then they test every now and then. And if you suddenly have abnormal values in your in your system, then they know something might be off. And with some riders, that means doping. With some other people's, that that might actually be a medical condition, like we had Thorsten Trump. But that is rare. Eh? That is rare compared to the doping side. Yeah, that would have been more like the doctor saw trans bloods and was like, "Holy shit, you got." Uh, I don't know some some markers for cancer is is out of line and called him thank God so mm. um but yeah, yeah the look at your hematocrit your hematocrit uh your free reticulite count I don't know I have to look at Horner's what one he released again that? um a free for live and the alacon if you want to look at it look at the uh you can look at some of the arbitration for the CAS hearings uh Jaime was it Rosson Jaime Rosson who got done, uh, they really stepped through yeah. in, in that judgment, all the parameters, and that was a biopassport successful prosecution, one of the last, yeah. most recent ones. Because remember, I think Kreuziger got off, he successfully defended his biopassport, uh, so they are hard. If the uh, person suspended really mounts a fight, you, it goes to cast, and it's, it's a tough fight, but Rosson, and uh, i got to make sure I got his name right. Because uh, I we're talking about doping, yeah, I'm gonna write. Hi, Marathon, got it right. Um, and who was the fellow that beat Froome in 2011? And because Froome was clean, uh, got Kobo the win. Seba? Kobo, and Kobo got done on the biopass, but we had no money. 
to defend it. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, man was too broke to defend himself. He, he was. It's like, it's like your least versus Froom comes to the uh, Salbutamol. Yep. Yeah. So... It's where the Bonimor has that kind of cash because the biopassport are the ones. It's not like when you test positive for anabolic steroids and then the B sample confirms it. It's like, well, unless you can prove contamination uh, and then you're still probably getting suspended and it's going to get your sentence yeah. reduced to two years. With the biopassport, there's more room for interpretation. But uh, I, would, I dare say the UCI doesn't often go for a biopassport suspension. So when they do, one assumes they have seen something, but um, wait. That's just with Sussie, you actually meant suspended, just to be clear, not yeah, yeah. suspected or something like that. No, no, Sussie like means sus suspension. Okay, yeah, man, it's Everyone very knows different. That. Uh, but <laughs> no, Sussie is an Among Us term at this point. I don't know what Among Us is. Really? Uh, uh, we got to change that. But yeah, the UCI was a short release, so that unexplained abnormalities. Uh, Decathlon. Uh, as Gisele La Mondiale say that it relates to a, or that it relates to a time when he wasn't on the team, I believe, so beforehand. Uh, so that was an incredible amount of doping news. I don't think we've ever discussed doping for this long on the podcast because it, it's all Wait, come this week. Is that a, a sign that something's wrong? I think that's an important question because I feel like in the last year, there's been more doping cases publicly. Is that a sign that something's wrong or that UCI is doing something better? The only recent one is Tollhook, no? Yeah. Quintana's relates to 2020. Lopez Correct. relates to the 22 Giro or before. Yeah, but not, that's not UCI, of course. So that's different. Ah, uh, true, true. Uh, Bonnemore relates to, to earlier. Hesman uh, was relatively recent. True, Hesman was in June. Hesman was in June. Uh, Who else? And, I don't remember. So it does feel like from when we started the podcast, 2020-21, I don't remember us talking about people getting suspended at all. And you right. know what? That could have been a function of no testing during COVID. Like yes. the reality is testing was, was lower during peak COVID 2021. Correct. And so maybe with the ramp back up in testing, maybe Benji, the ITA is better than the previous body. Because the previous body was, I can't remember their name, CAF, CAF or something, Center, Center for Anti-Doping Federation. And the UCI moved it to the ITA, which is the International Testing uh, Agency or Authority. Maybe they're better at their job. Uh, maybe they're more aggressive. Maybe they're more willing to, on a marginal case, their threshold for no, that's over the threshold and we're willing to fight it in court because we've got more money. Maybe that's the, the, the case. Now, I'm also hoping that Luke can help me out here, but I, I vaguely remember reading an article recently about the amount of testing labs for doping they have in each continent, knowing that there's apparently only one registered one in Africa, in South America, and in one other continent, and that they're mainly centered all in Europe, and that to be like an, an actual potential positive, it would have to happen at one of those labs, which would make it that's like a factor that i had never thought of before i read that article and i'm really annoyed that i can't credit it because i have no remember where where it came from lanternrouge.com buddy 
<laughs> Raul really? did a good article. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, originally. Oh my yes. god. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to, the re- like he did the about about a year ago, Raul did a, a lengthy article analyzing uh, the WADA anti-doping testing figure figures report, which related to 2021. So this is now two and a half years ago, uh, but it is interesting, and you you can see the massive dip in samples taken during 2020, not to zero, yeah. but a big dip. And what Benji's uh, talking about as well is there is a, a massive concentration of uh, appropriate testing agencies in uh, Western Europe, excluding yeah. the Iberian Peninsula. So uh, France, Germany, Belgium it is well covered, but then the whole continent of Africa, as Benji said, has one in Bloemfontein. As of 2021. Yeah. So uh, Africa's pretty big last time I checked. Uh, and then South America and Central America has one in Rio de Janeiro. And there's in, in Southeast Asia, there's, I mean, Sydney, not even in Southeast Asia, there's one in Beijing uh, and one in Bangkok, I think. So yeah, it's... Uh, you can see the disparity, and then uh, if you if the sample takes too long to get to a testing facility, it's it's invalid. So <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd encourage you to read that article. We'll link it uh, down below, just with some of the WADA's uh, aggregate statistics that Rails pulled out and looked at in cycling. Like for example, uh, cycling appears to have quite a lot of testing. The teams pay a lot of money for for that testing, uh, their contribution to it. In mm-hmm. out-of-competition anti-doping samples in 2021, in all of sports, cycling had 18,000, which is 4,000 more than football. And I would be surprised, I haven't seen the numbers, but I would be surprised if there were more professional cyclists and professional footballers in Europe and, and the world. So, nope. um, <laughs> so per capita, compared to, say, other sports, uh, it's... Yeah, but- it's we testing a is. lot. Yeah, yeah, we, we know that. that. Cycling has the has the legacy that it's carrying. Football and other sports have never hit as hard on doping. Maybe tennis is one of those where it's still brought up quite a few times. That's the other sport I think of when it comes to doping. Yeah, because big players there. got done yep. recently. And athletics. I yeah, feel athletics like it, is it can... in a bad place. Yeah, to uh, me, uh, athletics is to me feels like where cycling was in two thousand eight. So, I don't know, man. There's so much doping news, and I, as a as a as a viewer, obviously don't like that. I've uh, I've never been of the opinion that the entire cycling world is clean. I don't think that's possible. I will never put my hand in a fire for a rider either. But it's also like you can't. Just on that point, like Alexander Camp's tweet, and then he's deleted his Twitter account, and uh, you know, defending Tolhook. It's like even if you're friends with somebody, yeah. Even if you're married to somebody, you're not with somebody for 24 hours a day, 365. You can't put, you can't say, oh, he's a nice guy. He would never do, you don't know. So I agree, you, you, we've got to have the rigorous testing. I'm glad the teams will pay for it. I'm glad the per capita testing is really good. I'm glad, and especially moving here and, and living amongst the riders, you see, holy shit, they have to literally put an hour in every day that is like a big, a big thing with the out of competition testing and three strikes is actually not that much. Um, yeah. But still, people are going to try to cheat the system. Uh, Always. That's the reality. 
uh, I'm afraid. Even in football, they woke up this week, Benji. Football woke up. Yeah. And Gary Neville uh, was was on was on their pod with Keane. And uh, yeah, they were like, listen, there was when when Sammy Sanchez was cooking, and all these Italian guys were going super quick. And they had the same doctors. We played against these guys. And at the end of 90 minutes, they weren't out of breath. Do you reckon something was going on? <laughs> with, 10 times the, with 10 times the prize money on offer. <laughs> I mean, fucked, but what can they do? Gary Neville's like, I can't name the teams. I can't name the clubs. Uh, what am I supposed to do? And I feel for him. Um, yeah, I get that. But yeah, it's like football fans are not going to... No one, no one says, remember Brailsford comes over to Man United. Listen, Sky, the comms and what happened, like don't pretend like you were Lily White and then have all the House of Commons report come out with those findings. But then Brailsford comes over, people like writing articles and they're good journos, I grant you, they're good journos. Yeah. But there's articles about, you know, Brailsford and, and Sky and them being uh, the problems with Sky with doping or, or, or grey areas. Like Guardiola tested positive twice, didn't he? <laughs> and that's the, so like, come on! I never see articles about that. So it's like cycling even gets tarnished when it goes over to football. Yeah. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've been, on, I've been on a heater, sorry. I fully agree. And I, it's also, I think, good that we're going through this topic thoroughly as well. But talking about cheating the system, I think we should step over to a, a new topic that is also about potentially cheating the system that might be put in place if certain people get their uh their their choice in this sport like for example mr patrick bro wants to shorten grand tours oh traditionalists are crying in the viewership right now we're losing viewers just thinking about it but we had some comments on it like you brought it up ages ago right the the shortening of grand tours yes has to happen we've actually had people, stakeholders in the teams now talking about it because the whole one cycling thing has brought it to the forefront as a potential option. Unzue was the first one that... I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Unzue? Me and him aligned? <laughs> well, he also signed Quintana, so he aligned on that as well. Hey. But, um, <laughs> you're basically best friends at this point. Yeah. I will say, the... And too far for me is the calls for substitutions yeah. in Grand Tours from Unzue because you're always going to have people that try to cheat the system. And if I'm a team that has a sprinter, I'm like, oh no, Caleb Ewan got ill on stage seven in the first week. And there's now 14 stages without a sprint stage or one sprint stage only. So I got to put in a mountain domestique now. Oh, so but why sad. Why couldn't you just have subs? But don't even skip that and just make it like football subs. Like you don't well, have to that, have a legitimate reason. That's you just the say, next oh, I'm step, pulling but intricacies come into that. What happens with GC? What happens with those riders in GC? Are they going to oh, put the on sub the riders, lowest? Yeah, yeah, they go to the, the lowest time, yeah. Okay, that's one thing. 
Second of all, that takes away the endurance side of things. So Sepkus can go on an altitude camp for another week and a half before he shows up in the, in the last week and a half of a race. I don't want to see that. I want them to get through the first few weeks, overcome that challenge to be able to do what they have to do in the last week. And that's, that's part of this fucking sport. That's the whole thing. Now, if it's not three weeks, a Grand Tour, and two weeks, then you're going to have substitutions in a two-week race? Sorry, but what are you going to what are you going to do next? Substitution in a one-week race in in the four stage Tour de la Provence? Like, where's the limit? Is the limit Grand Tours with substitutions? Because that's what they're saying. But if the Grand Tours is then suddenly 14 days, then it's shorter. And I'm not a fan. See, and Zue was talking about it because he was saying, ah, oh, because he's thinking about Enric Mas crashing stage one last year in <laughs> yes. Bilbao. But then I'm thinking, how much he's thinking? I need, I want to replace him, but like, how Ooh. does it help? How, yeah. So you're going to replace him with your ninth best rider, who's like your fill-in, who wasn't good enough to make the tour team in the first place. How much does that really move the needle for you? Like, I wouldn't say it would move the needle too much. Now maybe he's like, well, maybe Musk can be subbed out and then subbed back in for the third week after he's recovered from his injuries. He, he, he does have a legitimate point what? in that, well, because of the way cycling's set up, if, you, if you're if you 50-50 that you have a concussion in a stage race, why would you stop during the stage? Like, it's in, you're not in, incentivized to do that. You, you Why would you stop so you can get checked out at a medical facility, I I don't mean on the side of the road with a with a pen with the eyes. I mean properly checked out. You won't. So you'll ride to the finish, possibly concussed, risking if you crash again, a serious serious problem. And then you'll get checked out, and then you might get pulled. But that that's the sort of more serious point about what he was also saying. I'm not yeah, sure but- he really meant it. That I think he was more coming from fuck. Enric crashed out, and that was really annoying for us. Um, but that, but, I think there is a legitimate question about how to deal with injuries during stage races. I think that I agree with that point, but I also think that that's just part of the sport, and that's more the mentality in the sport that is wrong, and not necessarily the rules of the sport. As in the fact that riders, the traditional thing of like, I need to finish this race at all costs. So I've got two legs now. I've got one leg left and one arm. I still need to finish the race. That behavior needs to go. That's not related to their needing to be a substitution role. Teams, races, riders, it should just change the mindset. Yeah, but if you put a... If you, the riders, they're not going to change the mindset because this incentive structure won't let them. Um, it's, I, and then it's the team car has to, but the team car might not see how hard they crash. Yeah, but it's the team's responsibility to look after their health. And you're talking about after the stage, skipping a at a medical facility, stuff like that. Sorry, but then that is the responsibility of the team, not looking after their rider's health. Who's got... The technology's got to exist here. I've been doing a lot of just throwing up startup ideas out to everybody. So here's another one. I'm sure it already exists. It, uh, a helmet. So there should be standardized helmets where it has a... And, and rugby, they've got mouth guards that do this already, yep. and they're, they're using this week for concussions. Helmets that show the severity of the impact in force when it's hit the ground uh, with a rider, and then that data is immediately relayed to an independent to the race doctor's car, and then the race doctor says his head just hit the ground 
or he's he just suffered this impact out could be a could be a solution first of all oh, i think we've had this discussion before about the the actual like mips helmets and so forth like those systems that that helmets oh, yeah, have the to reduce inside. the impact like the yellow thing they have in the cushion thingy that like reduces the actual movement of your head within the helmet or something to reduce concussions potentially that system is not even standardized yet how no. the hell are we going to get to a system that is standardized with with the actual sensors and so forth in it because then you need all these manufacturers to adapt towards that system which they can't even adapt to the same standard when it comes to the MIPS kind of stuff, because yeah. Cosk has their own thing, uh, other brands have their own thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, cycling cycling brands creating proprietary components that don't work with each other, that's like the thing, right? But yeah, it's, yeah. the reality is the helmet, sorry to be like a based helmet person, I, was, I, wear, my, I wear my helmet when I'm riding on the road, but if you crash at yeah. 60 kph on a descent, into a wall, a little yeah. piece of that thing on your head is not stopping you get a con getting a concussion. I don't care what technology they put in it. Now, you can put in technology that relates to an independent person, what the severity of that impact was and whether you need to be checked out, pulled, etc. So maybe we'll see that. I think, I think we're going to see that in within five years. That will exist. Um, investors, contact me. I will, I'll do your marketing. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, how do we get onto that, Benji? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> we pulled the pod today. Oh. I was like, we don't have much to talk about. And then we, uh, Mate, we we've been talking like crazy and we, <laughs> we've forgotten totally to preview the race for next week. And I think that's the last thing it. we need to do. I'll do rapid Go fire. Ahead. Okay. Algarve is the one to watch. It's got Remco against Guelph Remco looks in absolutely lethal form after winning the Portuguese classic yesterday. 55k solo Liege warm up. Ain't but a thing. He just, yeah, one by two minutes. <laughs> just doing Remco things. Uh, but yeah, there's a long TT. We'll see how he fares against Wavenart. Thomas is there, as well as Peacock, I believe, for yes. Ineos. That, to me, that really Gana. is the race to watch. Gana, 22 kilometers time trial, plus Auto de Foya, which is not that difficult. Mayao is kind of hard, so I wonder if he can get close GC-wise. Ineos last year, they had like three GC leaders and then Martinez won out in the end. Uh, but Peacock was cooking on Malawi. He won, was the best last year. I'd like to see him there again. Uh, I want to see a better TT. Yes, I would like to see a good Peacock uh, TT, but I, I, he'll be good on the punchy stages. Uh, so yeah, that's a good battle to watch as well as uh, Iguita and Martinez at Bora Hansgar on the start list. Classico Hayen is tomorrow. It's a gravel race. It's really been shortened. There's been a lot of rain. There was snow here last night, but there was a lot of rain in the south of Spain. So Amiria, Mercia, and Hayen are all within two hours, triangle of each other. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of rain. So they've really, there's only four gravel sectors now. It, it, it's super muddy from the recon photos I've seen. Kusen, Van Aert there, as well as Ayuso, Wellens. I dare say UAE would have wanted a harder race to try and play numbers against, against Van Aert. Uh, but that'll be a good one-day race to watch uh, tomorrow. And then there's uh, Andalusia, which is always a pretty exciting race. Very, very hilly. Pogaccia dominated it last year, not turning up this year. He's, it's kind of weird not having Poggy dominating one of these February races, uh, but it's Ayuso, Wellens, Soler, again, are the big contenders uh, on UAE. They'll be hoping to win back-to-back -back years in a row, and Bahrain ascending probably the 
the second strongest team who have 2022 winner, while Pauls, as well as Tiberi, Butrago, Caruso, Haig, that is a ridiculous team. Uh, so maybe they, maybe they are the strongest team. That Bahrain team is ridiculous for Andalusia. Yeah, that is true. It's quite a bit of a very strong teams there as well. And like, one race that I've kind of like skipped over this year in my head is Alps Maritime, you know? Because that's one of those races where Quintana was the one that really spiced up the... The GC fight yeah, there, and now I feel Wales. like we're going to be seeing... Yeah, no, those were actually good days. Yeah, But Alsmari Team Elivar, I feel like... I don't even know what the parkour is this year. I'm not even going to pretend I do. It's like two stages this year, no? Two um, stages, yeah. Has, it, has every French race gotten smaller? Protest, man. This was four stages, three stages last year. It was three so stages got before, smaller. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the but, start list, it's like Gregoire. I, I love Gregoire. Martinez. The, the Groupama A team is here. Gaudu starts his <laughs> season here. Martinez, Genius, Gregoire. Oh, they got a win. Yeah. Arkea is provisionally there with 15 riders, so <laughs> good luck filling that in. But nah, like Martin is also starting at Guillaume, that is. I think he's Simon really Car. Win. If it occasion Simon Car. True, it's his region. I think Israel Premier Tech will win. They're, they're riding really well at the moment. Turns, full saying, Ool, Woods on the list. Yeah. This seems like the sort of race, like Woods won Occitanie back in the day, okay, 18 months ago. Uh, so, yeah, I would say uh, watch out for Israel Premier Tech. They are riding pretty well at the moment, as well as Guillaume Martin. He is actually normally quite good in this race uh, as well. But I would say Algarve is the one to watch. Late finishes, uh, if you're home from work in Europe or not too early for you in America, Australia, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go to sleep. It finishes too late. Uh, anyway, uh, a bit of a note on our cycling journey, Benji. I've got some good news for you. So you have, I finally got some, because I, I put the, but that, that's all the race news and doping news and everything out, out of the way. We talk, talk about ourselves now. I've got some, some good news for you. I put the, I scared you last week, 190Ks. You thought it was 90Ks, the Flandrian Challenge. But Philip Cunningham sent in an email and he said, uh, I completed the Flandrian Challenge last year, Benji and Patrick, and uh, I really put yeah. in a training effort. No point did I think I wouldn't finish it. We, we, he did the 190 the first day, tactically. He said psychologically yeah. good to get the longest one out of the way and had a couple of beers that night. Now, as a, as a you know, contracted to Visma Lisa Bike, I evidently can't do that in the middle of a stage race. So, <laughs> I mean, imagine the scandal. So... I'm not going to be doing that. Um, <laughs> then they went back to eat back on the train uh, on the second day. So a bit of climbing, bit wet. He says there's not many cobbled descents. That was what I was concerned about because if I bin it, I'll yeah. be so sulky. Uh, and there's a lot of history, which I'm into as well. He said, follow the route map closely as you can miss a turn. Sometimes you go on a walking bath to avoid a busy road. I rode in Brisbane, so no European cars will scare me. Um, what was that race where the riders went on like your motorway in Belgium afterwards? I swear there's a race where there's a lane and there was like people chopping off in the, on a Belgian highway. Anyway, uh, well, thanks, Philip, for the email. Does that make you feel better, Benji? About the 190 or not no. really? Oh, okay. Fucking no. I appreciate Philip's email, but it doesn't make me feel better because week one, I started with a perfect week of like eight hours and a half. And now I'm stuck in Turkey where I received a, a bike by the organizers, which is really nice by them, like a, a Turkish Salcano brand bike, which I'm very curious to try tomorrow morning before I leave the country. But I haven't had time to ride because I'm at this race. So it's actually not been as useful as I hoped it would, which also means that the only training I had this week 
was walking through the entire city of Antalya two hours a day. Which is it hilly? It is relatively hilly, but it's not like hiking in Andorra. So I got some walks in, I got some efforts in, but I'm not going to have bettered fitness much as a consequence. So I feel like I've lost a week in my head, which hurts because I've only got four weeks left to train and True, I've got to yeah. go back to 10, 15 hours of training in the next four weeks, which I'm okay with. I'm looking forward to. But... Join cycling plan, just pump in the days left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Quick plug. Oh, you could do the Badabad climb if you're in Turkey. How far away is that from you? That's the 18k 11% climb they did in Turkey last year. That's a different region, right? Sir, can I just tell you that you're trying to send me up an 18 kilometer climb <laughs> that professionals had trouble with? Four weeks yeah, Cam was doing 30 RPM up it. <laughs> You'd have to come to Belgium next week for my funeral. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you just did a thumbs up. <laughs> he's dancing but, on my grave listen i'm just trying to help you uh knock out 25 <laughs> knock out 25 case tomorrow morning come on the weather looks good it's snowing here i'm 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 inside on the trainer uh if the weather's good do it for me uh but yeah i'm gonna have to think tactically about how we how we do this how we structure the days because uh if i feel like if we do the 191st day we'll both just be too wrecked to do 140 yeah. the next day I've, i really feel like but then I think you got to do the 75 in the afternoon when you get there and do it like it's not even a thing and you just yeah. you do it in the afternoon. The 14190, I don't know, we might need some local help. It's my time to uh to drop the hard plug as well. I've been in uh Torvantalia for this week uh and at this race I've been vlogging my entire week and I've told you before I I didn't feel like I was a good vlogger but this week I I'm so happy with the content I've created. I've been able to like get stuff every single race day in a different way. As in one day I spend in a team car with one of the smaller teams with Greg Henderson as, as Diaz. And there's been so much there when it comes to stuff that happened in the race where I really think it's going to be a really good video. And there's other things that happen throughout this race that I can't wait to, uh, to show everyone. So if you do want to see that type of content, me vlogging my, my way to a race with some behind the scenes content, talking to all the riders, to the winners after the stage, to before the stages, there's so much access here because, like, fun story. There's so little security here when it comes to the race, as in there's security enough, but not towards media people, that I put my camera literally on the finish line. Is it good? Oh, that's good. That's good. I yeah. mean, I'm glad. No, it's, it's really positive. There's race organizers who they flew you and, and other uh, cycling media people out, and it's... They ignored you. How horrible. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a small little vlogger um <laughs> but yeah look, the coverage the race has got far outweighs what it would have been because it's got Mate, the, the uh, tietma team there you there me i there so they've done a good job i forgot the actual plug if you want to see that content check out the benji nas and youtube channel yeah and when's that when's that gonna be uploaded uh normally the first video should be on wednesday and the other video the second one of the last three stages should be next wednesday afterwards uh, you've said which... it you said it now so now you've got a deadline yeah exactly <laughs> i always i always learn never say a deadline <laughs> because then you I have are, to shit yeah anyway uh that was our show today we hope you enjoyed it we've got some good racing the racing's heating back up the big stars are starting to come out remco van Art, peacock poggy will be out there soon and uh, Kapeki's looking pretty scary. So hopefully we have no more doping news that we have to cover next week and yeah. that it all got cleaned out this week. And we, but uh, yeah, 
that, that was one of the big storylines of this week, and, and I'm glad we addressed it. So let us know what you think, and uh, we'll see you with the uh, with some uh, maybe the fourth episode next week, maybe an impromptu episode this week, depending on what Remco does. Till then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 